Hello, bonsoir, and welcome to the Get French Football News Show. I'm your host, Nathan Staples, and joining me this week, as always, are Eric Devin and Philip Bargio. It was supposed to be another joyous Easter weekend in Ligue 1, but sometimes things don't quite turn the way you want them to, really. We'll delve into the incidents of the weekend after the news. Despite a rollicking atmosphere at the Velodrome, a dramatic victory for leaders Monaco and Nice clinching Champions League football for next season, the big story in Liga this weekend was an unsavoury set of scenes at the Stade Fioriani in Bastia. Lyon's match against the host was called off after the fans twice attacked opposing players, both before the match and as the teams were coming off the pitch at the interval. Sanctions for the Corsican side, who have already been in trouble with the LFP on three prior occasions this season, are forthcoming, but are sure to be heavy, perhaps in the excess of a stadium closure that happened in 2015 that saw the team forced to play home matches on the mainland behind closed doors. On to the results now, and on Friday, Paris Saint-Germain kept up the pressure on Monaco in a feisty 2-0 win at Angers, with Angel Di Maria recording a double. Nice clinched third place in Saturday's early match with a come-from-behind win over Nancy at the Alliance Riviera, with Jean-Michel Serri leading the way, scoring from the spot, and again late on for a 3-0, uh, 3-1 win. In the multiplex, Alexander Mondi started for Gangob for the first time in the league since December and notched a crucial goal in a 2-1 win over Toulouse. Mets will be frustrated to drop points at home to Caen after a late equaliser from Ronnie Rodelan that saw their match end 2-all. But the two teams were the, weren't the only sides in the bo- bottom eight to take any points this weekend. Um, Excuse me, meaning that what had looked a disappointing result may be a blessing in disguise. Also on Saturday, Montpellier all but sealed their safety with a 2-0 win at home to Lorient, although not for the lack of trying on the part of the visitors, as Laurent Pionnier was superb in goal for La Payade to re- preserve a clean sheet. Wren earned a surprising 2-0 win over Lille at home and Saturday's late match saw Monaco host Dijon, with the hosts going behind early before a pair of free kicks from substitute Radamel Falcao saw the leaders earn vital three points 2-1. Bordeaux won at Nantes on Sunday afternoon, Yunus Sankari scoring for the third time in five matches to give Les Girondins a vital win to keep their grip on fifth place. Sunday's late match saw Marseille turn in a rampant performance against visiting Saint-Étienne, a 4-0 win punctuated by two goals and an assist from Florian Tovan. In Ligue 2, Brest may have one hand on the title after their win at Niort, pulled them four points clear at the top, while scrappy Nîmes won yet again, taking advantage of a shot loss by Reims at bottom side Stade Lavalois to go third although Strasbourg can go second with a win at home to Ajaxio this evening. And that's all for the news. But remember, for all the latest, head on over to our website at www.getfootballnewsfrance.com and follow us on Twitter at GFFM. We start this week, unsurprisingly, in Corsica after the ugly scenes that saw the game between Bastia and Lyon postponed. The away sides players were attacked by Bastia Ultras during the warm-up, which delayed the kickoff for an hour before another melee occurred at half-time, which even involved a steward throwing a kick at a Lyon substitute. Uh, Philip, 
<laughs> enough is enough, really, isn't it, with Bastia this season? Um, sometimes I really do feel for this um, for, for this club. Um, I, I honestly believe that the ones at fault are the uh, 20 or 50 odd. We're not even quite sure how many of them. And uh, the supporters group is called Bastion 1905, which is uh, supposed to be situated on the east stand. So it's always, it, it always is in the same stand. And if you can't just um, do a pre-match warm-up, and uh, yes, maybe not every shot was spot on from Memphis Depay, and sometimes <laughs> the, the, they, would, they would end in, in, the, uh, in the crowd, basically. But uh, I think, on the one hand, you've got this very uh, nasty supporters group who think they own the place, which they probably do. I mean, they're, they're probably like the uh, the local uh, the local henchmen who uh, everybody respects and stuff. But in but in in reality, everybody everybody hates them. But, you know, fans have had this experience with this type of uh, supporters group. We had a couple of Boulogne, and it was dismantled with with time. So whatever they're doing, they're doing very, very bad things. And I actually uh, documented myself today. Uh, there were incidents against Nantes this season. There were incidents against Lorient. Because I had never really actually heard of, of, of them. And I never thought that they would be capable of doing such, uh, such a thing. Um, saying this in France, you've got, uh, you've got stadiums where the crowd is very, very far from the actual pitch. And that's... Uh, Maybe you know may have some bearing on on some uh, some more ones going onto the pitch and trying to intimidate uh, professional professional players. Um, I just yeah, I'm absolutely baffled. Whatever the uh, the sanctions that the club is taking against this uh, against Bastia 1905 is just not working, and and it it really needs. First of all, I'm I'm pretty sure Bastia will not play in front of a of a Bastia crowd. Uh, until next season, and I'm awaiting not only relegation to Ligue 2, which they were actually they were already going down anyway, so it doesn't make any much much difference. I mean, we we all you know the sooner the better if if they have this type of behaviour. Um, but uh, yeah, a massive points deduction when they start life in the lower division, or maybe you know uh, sending them to the, to National or CFA to, to just to to, to to prove a point, but the club needs the club needs to answer about that. I mean, you can't possibly think that having a 20, 20 group of uh, group of thugs going onto a pitch and uh, really, I mean, um, fighting uh, fighting professional players is is normal. I mean, the club has to respond uh, to uh, to that, and uh, I think that's a, that's the most important thing because you do have morons everywhere. Um, I can assure you there's, there's this kind of uh, this kind of fan at PSG. Uh, I'm just going to assure you there's this, this type of fan at Marseille. But there's security around. And yesterday it was like, oh, to fight against uh, Memphis Depay or Anthony Lopez. Okay, go for it. It's like every, everything was everything was okay. You, you could you could actually do that. I mean, wow, that's bad. Let's keep the focus on the first, the game on Sunday to start off with, Eric, really. and It was really ugly scenes, especially at the start of the game, and it was delayed for an hour. In all honesty, although there was obviously pressure from, from supposedly Bastia officials and the Corsican authorities to, to start the game, should it really have even started? No, I don't think so. I think you had an already toxic atmosphere. There were already signs that the security in place, whether through design or through their through sheer lack of numbers, 
were unable to control uh, the fans at the scene. And much as we had seen earlier in the season at Mets, if a crowd can't be controlled to a reasonable degree, uh, the match officials, the match delegate, should have made that decision to call the match off, uh, regardless of pressure from, from other other outside forces, be they police officials, fascist team officials. Um, yeah, I, I don't think it should have been started at all. The one thing, though, I just I do want to jump on this quickly is that the irony of these fans, their actions are reprehensible. But if you think about them presenting themselves as fans of their club, even beyond sanctions, potential sanctions, but they've actually the way that they've hurt their club is is almost immeasurable. I mean, let's face it, Leon are obviously focused on their match against Besiktas on Thursday, so they travel with a squad that lacks Jale, Taliso, Lacazette, Fekir, Valbuena uh, is injured. But this is about as weak of a team as Leon could could put out, given given the their, their usual squad of players. So, if this match is rescheduled, which is probably the best outcome that Basta can hope for, Leon will obviously be putting forth a much stronger team in that event. Now, given that, they've really cost themselves a chance to get a point, maybe even three points against a very weak Leon team. Uh, as a result of Leon not being as concerned about the Europa League if this match is rescheduled. Personally, I think it'll be, at the very least, a replay behind closed doors somewhere on the mainland. As we had seen in 2015, there was a match against Gangomp at that point in time that had been rescheduled and replayed. But yeah, it, it, the match shouldn't have gone ahead, and these, these fans have really done a lot to hurt their club's chances of staying up, which I, I think, even without a points deduction, are, are now you know, probably in the single digits. Let's let's move on to the sort of the second incident that happened. Obviously, there was a relatively eventful half of a game that happened in between the, the two real incidents of Talking Point. And, and Philip, it was, it was seemingly instigated by, at least again, Corsican officials mentioning that Anthony Lopez went to antagonise the fans, it's, although it seemed more like he was going to collect his water bottle, really. A Bastia official, went to confront him on the field of play saying that he shouldn't be antagonising and obviously the Portuguese took exception to that and all kinds of things happened with a with a seeming a, a steward throw a boot at a player. It, it's madness, isn't it? You can't, couldn't, for starters, couldn't the Bastia official wait until they're in the tunnel when they're away from possibly inciting even more anger? Surely the, this could have been handled much better and when, when we already know what's happened to start the game. I honestly believe this incident is unfortunate. I honestly believe that uh, the Bastia players were insulting Antonio Lopez for three quarters of an hour, as they probably do every every couple of weeks. You know, every time there's uh, there's a goalkeeper, which happens all over. You know, which happens all over Europe. I mean, it's not like uh, it only happens in Corsica. I mean, this happens. Uh, this doesn't happen very often in France because once again there's the fans aren't very close, but uh, lots of insults are being thrown. And uh, but it's just words. It's not you know it's not acts. And okay, put yourself in Lopez's position. Who's I don't think he's a hothead. I don't think he's a he's a violent person or anything. But um, he got a flare thrown at him at Mets. Um, he uh, he could have lost his um, hearing, which is you know quite important. Um, he gets. Uh, another, another incident at uh, at Bastia. He just uh, he just oversaw uh, Lyon Besiktas with uh, a lot of um, a lot of crowd trouble. Well, then nothing happened, but you know, it still wasn't a pretty scene. Um, 
and uh, he was insulted for three quarters of an hour. And now there's this um, head of security guy or something like that who tells him, "Hey, go hey, you know, uh, be nice to us because we're 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 Corsicans and uh, don't uh, don't be don't be a fool." I mean, the guy the guy was 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 fuming, uh, you know, inside, and you, you just don't just let him just let him calm himself down. I mean, you can't be mad for 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 that for that long. And of course, I'm not. I'm, Nobody knows the words that were used, but I honestly believe that uh, Lopez were, was just waiting, uh, just needed a reason to 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 hit someone, and uh, and the head of security was an absolute idiot of you know of saying whatever he said. But I honestly, believe it was an, what, an, an, what do you mean Lopez needed a reason to hit someone? Sorry. What do you mean by saying Lopez needed a reason to hit someone? No, I'm, uh, I'm, I mean I mean being really, being really really edgy. Like uh, I, I'm not even sure who who's the first one to to have hit hit someone or not, but it must have been something that he said, and it just just looks so stupid. But I honestly believe it was a, it was an incident and that could have been avoided much easier than the first one. Uh, Eric, let's talk about what, obviously what happened after that, and that's that the players really knew that the game was really over. They they went and sat on the team bus. They they spent about an hour trying to sort out something. Mm. That there was no real talks of anything. And then the game was finally abandoned in the hope that they could get the players away safely. It was then their bus, even on the right escort, was attacked by fans who were tear-gassed as well. It's just... It's very unsavoury again, isn't it? And it... Can you, what, can you see any sort of light in the tunnel for the Bastia. I know I feel really sorry for some of the fans. We have a we have a piece coming out either later tonight or tomorrow with a fan in the state in the stadium with some quotes as well. And and they there was clearly a lot of upset around the ground and it's a minority doing this, but it's it's such a tough thing to take in again for Bastia. But this is gonna be there's gonna be huge repercussions to this one, surely. Yeah, absolutely. And that is that is the thing. I you know I was seeing uh, a couple conversations on Twitter uh Muhammad Ali, one of our regular correspondents, was having a correspondence on Twitter with someone who was in the stadium, and there were audible whistles and boos uh, as a result of the 1905's actions. And I think that as a result of that, we we should be well reminded to not to tar and feather all of Corsica or all of Bastia's fandom for these actions. Yes, there's a history, but much of this is centered around this same, this same set of fans who occupy this Eastern Tribune, this Eastern Stand. And, uh, and I, I think that there is some level of redemption. I think that the Furiani, you know, has demonstrated in the past that it can have a great atmosphere without having the negative aspects to go along with it. If we think that we can place the stadium alongside some of the great atmospheres in Ligue 1, be that Nantes, Saint-Étienne, Lens, who aren't in Ligue 1 right now, but Again, you know, in French football, the velodrome, that that thing, that that idea of fan culture and being an intimidating place to come is a good thing. It's a powerful thing, and it can only serve to burnish the reputation of Ligue 1. But if what's coming out of a, a wider a wider perspective on Ligue 1 at this point in time is the actions of these fans for again the fifth time this season and there have also been enough recent actions in enough actions in recent seasons to to, to make this part of a larger trend i think it, it might need to be something similar to what we saw with uh with psg where the the club 
the, if the club have continual issues with a certain supporters group, said supporters group uh, needs to be needs to be banned. Um, I, I know that the financial realities of PSG aren't aren't similar to those of Corsica. Corsica are a club doing or Basta are a club doing things on a shoestring. We've seen that with their transfer policy. We've seen that with uh, with the types of players they bring in, loanees or or veterans looking for another couple years in Liga. So we've seen that that's the overarching approach is one of a club without much means. So perhaps the club's hierarchy is wary of the repercussions of banning 1905 or banning a large swath of their membership, if indeed not all their members are involved in this sort of behavior, which they obviously aren't. But maybe they're concerned about their potential reputation in laying down internal sanctions against the club sorry, against the set of fans from the club. Uh, PSG obviously are a well-to-do club. They can afford to ban a, a set of supporters, even if they're influential, but perhaps PSG, the financial reality of these, uh, these fans' season tickets is, would be too much to absorb. But the fact of the matter is, even if that were the case, that, that it being a potentially financial, a financial handicap for Bastia, I would argue that being in Ligue 1 versus Ligue 2 as a direct result of these fans' actions is probably much more of a, of a, a powerful argument to be made in favor of, of very, very heavy sanctions against these fans coming directly from the club rather than sanctions being administered from the LFP in the form of points deductions, stadium closures, what have you, uh, from the LFP being administered to Bastia. That it's a matter of housekeeping for the club, and that they should that they should make a stand, even in the in the face of some potential financial ramifications, to say no. This isn't this doesn't represent Bastia. This doesn't represent the island of Corsica. This doesn't even represent a majority of our fans. It represents you know a small subset of, for lack of a better word, idiots who would prioritize being violent, being physical, being confrontational, being racist. Uh, in the case of the Balotelli incident, over the things that are good about supporting a football club, and that's that's really frustrating to see. It's the club need the club has had opportunities to nip this in the bud, and they haven't. And now they're going to pay the price. I think that's what we have to take away from this. And it's frustrating to see because, like I said, you know, under the right circumstances, Bastia is Bastia and the Furiani. It's a tough place to go. It's a tough place to play, um, but. When that line is crossed, and as it has been repeatedly, particularly this season, um, the club needs to take a look at itself, and and you know perhaps relegation will be a, a slap in the face that they need to nip this in the bud. So I, I think that, yeah, it's it's a frustrating situation to see that the club, the club is, you know, the club has sort of dug its own grave in this matter, and it's, I don't, it's hard to have much much sympathy at this point. You make a, make a very good point about uh, possibly Ligue 2 or even National, because Bastia did go in National in uh, season 10-11, uh, about um, Ligue 2 being uh, much less mediatized or much less uh, made, made public to uh, the, uh, the, the random football fund, which actually helps uh, violent supporters groups of being, uh, of, of, of being actually, well, pretty, uh, pretty nasty. Um, did... Any of you two actually heard of, of any incident this season? I mean, it, it honestly, it was a bit like a rude awakening to me. I mean, I heard of some troubles because otherwise I would have ha wouldn't have 
had that uh, that kind of um, uh, those kind of uh, incidents, like a bit playing a game behind closed doors or having a stand completely closed. But I mean, in France, yeah, at least it's it seems like uh, a lot <coughs> a lot of these um, of this supporters club bus in 1905 goes under the radar, and, and it's not really talked about at all. I which 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 is probably you know. I would disagree. I, I think that, that, that the incident with Lucas at the beginning of the season when they were throwing the sticks from flags at him, uh, that, that, that caught up a lot of attention. That was, I believe, the opening match of the, of the season. It was the opening match, yeah. So again, you know, it's PSG's first match under Emery. There was a lot of focus on that. Mm. So that, that's something that I think garnered a lot of attention, perhaps not, not away from France, but certainly I know that uh, L'Equipe had covered it quite extensively and, and it, was, you know, it was broadcast on on the the carrier here in the here in the states as well uh the incident with balotelli i mean that was you know that yeah. was absolutely you know front page news uh and then there was the recent draw with not um where there, uh the fans had tried had tried to oh i'm, I'm, try, I'm blanking on what, what exactly they did but they they had attacked the team or they had attacked after after the game, there was an incident with supporters, um, and that that was there was a there was a sanction as well. There hasn't there hasn't been a sanction levied after that incident, I should say. Um, just the fact that this is the first match in in three home matches for Basti that that Eastern Tribune had even been open, I, I think says all you need to know about the team's relationship with the LFP this season. It, it's it's. It's a chain of incidents. It's not isolated. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'd like to talk a bit about um, how harsh the LFP are. I mean, uh, you, we, we, all, we all saw this uh, for LFP for last night between Marseille and Saint-Étienne. The Marseille fans had this uh, big, big uh, um, we call it in France, we call it a T4, where you basically have your own seat and you, you put over your head uh, some kind of... Uh, Thing that uh, and that makes a pretty good, pretty good sign from you know from from afar, and it said uh, fuck LFP, and but I I honestly believe that they're not being harsh enough on on those kind of instances. I mean, uh, it was it was while reading your article, Eric, that I actually uh, learned that uh, Mets got their two points back, which I find completely stupid. I mean, what did they do? Did they appeal? Yeah. They did. And just just like that, they got the two points back. Even though there's a, there's, a, there's a, even though Lopez almost went deaf, I mean, it's so 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 what what punishment did did Mets get in the end? I mean, did they a fine? That's it. Or and a game a game played behind closed doors. That's pretty. I think, I think there was yeah. a stand, a stand closure as well. I I, I can't recall yeah. at at this moment in time. Yeah. Well, that's. I mean, that's that's not very harsh, is it? I mean, uh, you you. I mean, you, you, one of your fans did throw a flare on, on, on Lopez. I mean, if you're Mets, if you're Mets, you, you I mean, uh, I, I don't think I would have, I would have appealed, but I'm not, I mean, and what, what about, what about the guy who threw the flare? Did he get to a stadium ban or, you know, can he, can he come back next week? No, seems, I think he had like a four-year ban maybe. Nathan, is that yeah. a bell? Well, to, me, bell to, yeah. to, to me, it should be for life, but, you know, I, I don't know. I just find it very, very light. Very like punishment uh, I, on, on Mets. And yeah, I, I do want to talk about the punishment, really, that the LFP are, are probably going to, to come down. It's definitely going to be a fine. It's, it's almost certainly going to be a stadium enclosure, possibly a points deduction as well. What do you think is the right punishment, Philip? 
Um, I would have, at first, uh, at first this morning, I would have said uh, give the give the game one to Lyon three 0 but again, it's always the same problem. You always have a set of idiots uh, being responsible for the image of a whole club. So I wouldn't. Um, I, I, yeah, actually, I wouldn't be against uh, replaying this game in another venue uh, behind uh, behind closed doors. Even though I, I'm pretty sure Olas won't won't, uh, won't agree with what uh, what I just said. T -t to me, Bose was a man, not uh, not that um, you know ridiculous. I mean, of course, it's not. Uh, well, it's I was going to say it's not Bass's fault that they have uh, uh, shit supporters, but it's also Bass's organization. So I would probably. Go towards uh, giving giving the three points to Lyon three nil um, and um, something like uh, I, I would I would give a ten point match deduction at the start of league the next season. Eric and a fine. Ten points. Uh, yeah. Why wouldn't you? It's not easy, you know. <laughs> no, it's not. But Philip, why wouldn't you appoint a apply the points deduction immediately. I mean, this is the thing. Do you feel that that's a stronger sanction than, than say, a six-point deduction now that would effectively relegate them? Yeah, because uh, basically they're already down to me, so uh, I, I don't think... Uh, no, I don't think it would be harsh enough to, to give them a point deduction for this uh, for this season. Because, uh, you know, it's not it's not as they had the... It's not like they're... Uh, uh, Shall we say what fourteenth or something like that? They're already bottom, so it 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 does it does basically uh, send a message, negating uh, you, and uh, the and, and the club is saying, well, we were going down anyway. So I, as as a harsher measure, I would I would uh, give a point deductions um, uh, at the start of next season, even though I'm not even sure you can do that. I mean. Well, you can. I mean, Neem yeah. had a point deduction, but that was for financial matters. But I mean, still yeah. administrated by the LFP, even if it's, even if it's a product of the DNCG's ruling. Yeah. Um. Well, in that case, I I think I would tend to have to agree with you, Philip. I, I think that um, if we're going on precedent, that ah, in terms of replaying. Yeah, no. In terms of replaying the match, I, I think uh, you know, it, especially at this point in the season, that that a walkover for Leon is probably the right decision, and then the points penalty to be appealed next season. Uh, obviously, perhaps at the very least, closing the East End for the remainder of the season. Um, perhaps playing how many home matches does Basta have left? Three, two. two There's only five. Three. There's, I mean, yeah. Perhaps per forcing them to play those matches on the mainland. Behind closed doors, as they had uh, in 2014-15, I think that you make a good point, Phil, about the LFP being not harsh enough. Sorry, not harsh enough. Yeah, not harsh enough. Not only that, but also, I mean, to some extent, incon inconsistent um, in terms of this. I mean, obviously, there was an incident. I mean, much more minor, but there was an incident of players being thrown on the pitch. As a match between Nantes and Bordeaux as well, there was there were a few flares thrown near the goal of Cedric Carrasso. Uh, there was a, a four or five minute delay in that match as well, where that was sorted out. So it's not it's not as if there's not there's not a clear path for LFP to to to, to do here. But at the same time, it's it's difficult. You're and you're right in saying that 
the other clubs that have received these sanctions, I, I look at a Mets, I look at a Marseille that have had issues in the past, Saint-Étienne and Lyon, they don't have that same consistent track record of incidents mm. over a given season, over a given handful of years. See, this um, is what I would give. I would give the um, I would give the three uh, the three nil win uh, for Lyon because you could say, yeah, but it's because of the hooligans or it's because of them. It's no, it's because of the club. It's because of the security. They were not firm enough uh, on them. Uh, they 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 know them. They know the East End has just uh, has just reopened, and uh, attacking players in a football match just should not should not be happening. I mean, I, so so it it is a close fault. It is a close fault for lack of organisation, lack of of um, I'm I'm going to say um, concentration. I mean, to to concentrate on on your own fans' behaviour to 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 be there and say. Okay, this guy's this guy's a bit uh, a bit hot-headed. Let's let's keep an eye on him. So it is the club's fault. This is why this is why they need to lose uh, to lose this game, and that they need a very very harsh uh, punishment and points points deduction. And and so they basically need to 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 uh, to dismantle this supporters group, uh, even though if it is probably the only one, because the rest of the stadium were booing them. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I, I, again, you know, credit. And this is the thing. Like, it, it's not a Corsican thing. We've seen. We've seen Gavrilek, we've seen uh, the other Ajaccio club, AC Ajaccio, have no issues. SC Basta, you know, I've seen uh, a couple of their... They'll be very harsh here. Uh, It says they have no issues, but they don't have much fans either. So that's, you know, uh, I know it's a bit harsh, but yeah. yeah. Well, all I'm saying, Philip, is that... that, Yeah. Well, now hold on a second, though, because Basta have been, quote-unquote, the Corsican club, because of a lack of success by those other clubs. I mean, even Gazlek being in, in League 2, never mind League 1, was a bit of a surprise. And the same thing with, oh, yeah. with, with CA Bastia and, and uh, AC Ajaccio. They're not, they don't have necessarily the same footballing tradition. It was a surprise. These clubs had gone beyond their means. But still, you saw, you would see those matches, and you would see a, a you know, good, exciting, powerful atmosphere, but without any uh, of that negativity. Yeah, uh, yeah it's, I, do, it's I do believe the club is is almost a bit scared of losing this supporters club because it is, you know, they are they are probably the uh, uh, represent um, uh, the Bastia Ultras. I mean, it is their ultra group, and I'm not even sure they have another one to to uh, to compete with, uh, which is probably which you know I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure they don't. So it's. Uh, I do, I do, I do believe that the, the it's going to be dismantled. It's going to be uh, to be quite um, quite hard on 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 the club, but it needs to be done. It just needs to be done. And well, so, I'm, so here's this, yeah. Philip. Though the other the other side of this coin, and I don't, I hesitate to bring this up, being a fan mm. of Lyon, but mm. is it fair to the other teams that are chasing them for your for Europa League to give them three points and? Uh, and not have to have to replay that match. I think in the circumstances, no. yeah. <laughs> well, you think it I'm, is there? Anything? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm gonna get, I'm gonna give a different perspective on this, and I, I, well, it, can't, I can, it can't be it can't be fair, you know. Otherwise, it, it means it would have have happened to 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 all the other sides. But you know, I, I get your point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think in the circumstances, you have to take the fact that. 
we're running out of time to replay games and do Bastia really di- I know that it's in a fans issue but the, does that that club that's shown the ineptitude to allow that to happen do they really deserve the chance for them to get the three points is that fair on all the other teams around them that don't cause these kind of troubles time and time again uh, no so unfortunately for those uh, uh, whether Marseille and Bardo really were going to catch them uh, I don't think so really um, so I don't think it affects it enormously but I, I don't think it's fair on I, I think it's with relegation being much more of a significant outlier um, I don't think it's fair on those around Bastia for them to be able to get the chance to get three points again that's well said I, I, I think that's a great way to look at it Nathan yeah and, ju- and just to really bookend this one as well and it's a really sad moment for this club that does have a lot of fans that were really angered about this and, and a club that's just been lackadaisical on this issue time and time again this season like Eric sort of mentioned the Lucas incident where their Twitter feed tried to question him diving at the situation which is still completely absurd the the racist issue where they were saying it was they at least at the start they were amazed by the accusations and, and bits like that it's it just seems that us against the world mentality has finally caught up with Bastia really and it's not them mm. in the teeth um, and a points deduction, which we're like, well, even if it's this season or next season, that they're practically relegated with the run of teams that they've got left because they're the games against Ren and Lorient are the home games, but they won't be played at home, so that completely changes the dynamic of those games. Uh, they're not staying up, and the worry for at least the fans that really love this club and really showed their support by booing those fans and, and showing the support to Leon, the worry for them is that a big, a big fine and the lot will. Combined with obviously the the rightful getting rid of that ultra group, might sink them further into trouble in League Dirt next season. And who knows when we'd see Bastia again, unfortunately. But that's kind of the consequences of these kind of moments, isn't it? Unfortunately. And but I think it's time we don't stink in the gloom and doom and gloom too long. Anyway, let's get back to some good things of Liga, and that starts really with Nice, who sealed Champions League football. For next season, it's an enormous achievement. Their first podium finish in forty-one years, Eric. Uh, how good has their football been this season? Yeah, I, I think that it's not. It's it's ebbed and flowed in terms of its sort of its aesthetic effect. But I think that in terms of consistency, in terms of an overarching philosophy, even through you know a number of rotations of players of of different tactical systems, uh, Nisa maintained a, a consistency, a defensive solidity, possession-oriented game. Uh, playing on short passing and and keeping the ball and it's it's been really impressive to see that even with a run of injuries even with Jean, Jean-Michael Seri being at the African Cup of Nations uh, Will and Cyprian, Alison Playa, Balotelli, Pereira, Paul Bice, the former Malang Sar, uh, Valentin Acerich, Yunus Balanda, I mean almost their entire starting lineup has suffered at one point or another with some sort of significant period of absence. And to persevere through that uh, is a real testament to not only the drive of these players and the versatility of these players to function in, in different positions, uh, but to really the ingenious um, the ingenious approach that we've seen proffered from, from Lucien Favre to be able to operate, operate with a level of versatility um, this still maintains the team's overall ethos, the team's overall uh, tactical facility and, and, and outlook on, on the way that they, they played the game. And it's impressive to, to have done this. Uh, I think also we look at the, the as well as Favre, as, as well as the transfers that have, been, that have been done as well. I think that 
the hierarchy of this club, I mean, you think about losing your two leading scorers in Valerie Germain and Hudson Ben Arfo after a good season last season, a creditable finish, finish fourth and playing some really attractive attacking football under Claude Puel, and also Nambulis Mendy going to Leicester. I think that that's impressive as well. I mean, obviously that there's some, there's a financial backing to be able to afford the wages of a Dante, the wages of a Balotelli, but at the same time, to have the scouting now to bring in the likes of a, of a Sari, the likes of a Dalbert for, I mean, for next to nothing. And Sari was magnificent last week for, and for the second or on Saturday for the second week in a row. And he's an incredible player and they brought him in for, for next to nothing. And you think about the money that they've, they've, they brought in uh, for Nampolis Mendy was not a ton of money. I think it was somewhere in the neighborhood of 14 or 15 million euro. But the way that they've turned that around with these, these canny buys, Remy Walter last January, Arnold Lusamba and Dylan Cyprian in the summer, the, the, and beyond, beyond the, the manager and the players on the pitch, the hierarchy of this club deserves a lot of credit for the scouting network they have in place and for their ability to convince to convince players that there's a real project here and there's a, there's a real sense of ambition. And I, I think that's a really powerful thing that Liga over the past 20 years, let's be, let's, let's face it, has, has suffered, right? I think in the period since Marseille won that, that Champions League in what was it, 92 or 93, that there tends to have been just periods of, well, not close to dominance by, by one team. We had throughout the aughts, as it were, we had Leon. Even if they weren't winning titles, they were still doing well in the Champions League, winning cups, and it's been PSG since the QSI takeover in 2011. And here we are now, five weeks from the end of the season, and, and Nice are right at the heels of PSG. They've kept that at all season, even through you know, a, a raft of injuries and, and absences from, for other matters. And we think about, you know, where could Nice have been if they, had they earned a, cu- a couple more points, four more points, six more points along the way? And they would be, you know, in first. And I think that, you know, even if players do depart over the summer, Ricardo Pereira, I think, would be a big loss if, if Porto don't extend his loan or make him available for sale. But I, I think that this team is, is developing a program of sustainability, of consistency. And it's, it's come from the top down. Riviera, the president, uh, deserves just as much credit as, as Fav, who, who has been, you know, unquestionably the manager of the, the, the league in the manager of the season in Liga. It's, it's been, yeah, I, I can't be effusive enough in my praise for, for, from, for the playing staff, for the manager, and for the hierarchy. It's been a, a, a complete team effort, and the results are, that they've earned are absolutely well-deserved. Yeah, and, and Philip, Nice lost, uh, Eric mentioned that they lost a fair number of players in the summer, and we all expected them to sort of take a little bit of a dip with Puel going as well, although they did bring in some quality players, but they've exceeded expectations again. And I mean, you look at around the squad, you look at players like Suke, who's come in when Pereira's sort of got injury pro, injury issues and he's played superbly. There are players like Malang Saar, they've, Johan Cardinal's tributed. Mikel Libian in the last couple of weeks has scored a couple of vital goals when player and Balotelli have been unavailable. It's been a, a total squad effort that's really... Um, a real good feel-good story, at least, of Ligue 1, isn't it? I think the arrival of Fav has a lot to do with um, the general uh, good good attitude around around the place because uh, Puel was having a very good season. It was, you know, I mean, Nice didn't have a very good season last season. They 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 
already exceeded expectations last season when they finished fourth because uh, they were uh, more accustomed to relegation slash mid-table mediocrity in the in the past seasons. Um, but with Puel going, was uh, it was uh, maybe like the project was dying. But uh, when uh, when Favre was uh, um, officially the new Nice manager, was like, wow, this is like even even better. This, I mean, it was a major coup, and uh, the good work of uh, of Puel has basically been um, taken by by Favre. So players like like you mentioned, you had uh, Cardinal Malangsar. Even though he hasn't had a, as, as good a second half of the season as the first half of the season, still been very, very good. You know, for for someone who just started playing professional football, you had uh, you have Cotillero, you have Siri, you have uh, you have you have Cyprien, lots of uh, Alassane player, lots of uh, um, of guys from the academy who are who are very, very good, very, very promising, and I honestly don't think they'll be seeing at least for uh, for very, very long. And Favre bought this uh, kind of scouting um, that uh, enabled them to to get to, to get Delbert and Pereira. I'm actually not even 100% sure that it was it was due to to, to Favre or anything. But I mean, the squad was so I mean, it clicked so well, and and these are so so exciting to watch. A bit a bit less less so these days. I, f- I felt I didn't uh, I didn't think that Saturday was the best game of the season. But it was still very very good. It was still it was still something that we 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 did not see last season uh, to to challenge PSG. I mean, let's face it. Nice five games to go. Yes, PSG have a game in hand, which they're playing against Mets uh, tomorrow. But Nice are just a point behind PSG with five games to go. I mean, this is massive. This is absolutely amazing. Really, 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 really amazing. And um, just just to say, okay, we lost Ben Arthur, doesn't matter, we'll, we'll replace him with Bilanda. Just, just you know, bravo, and uh, hopefully they get they get past the playoff and uh, they, they don't they don't get pillaged in the summer. That's honestly that's the first point. Uh, they if they get through the playoff in the Champions League, if they do finish third, because they're really not that far from the top two, and uh, you know, do your best in the Champions League group stage. I mean, I, I, I honestly love uh, seeing French clubs uh, that haven't been in Europe for for years um, and just being in the in the Champions League. I mean, I did I did honestly enjoy Montpellier's uh, very very short stay in the Champions League because it was Montpellier in the Champions League, something you just don't see every year. And and looking at their season overall, I mean, we we all had a massive amount of praise for their first half of the season, which was such a success. But Eric, they've only lost one league game this side of the 2017 and they've only lost two in, in all competitions obviously the the coupe de france lost to lorient it's been remarkable how consistent they've been able to be over the course of a season when like you like you said it when especially the issues to cipriana and player we thought they would slowly fall away but no if anything they've sort of steeled their resolve haven't they yeah absolutely i mean it's the results they've had particularly in the last month i think that win over Bordeaux. I mean, Bordeaux were aside from the top three, the one of the form teams of of Liga. They had beaten them in in the Coupe de la Ligue uh, earlier in the season, and and they you know and, they, and as well as uh, drawn against them in the league. They were no, and they were even in better form at this point. Uh, the only time I've seen Nice play uh, the comeback win against Montpellier, who were in in good form as well at that time after the appointment of Gasset. They I think they'd won four or five in a row. Um, how well they played against Saint Etienne. That match was mesmerizing to watch. I know it was only 1-0, but the way Nice kept the ball in that match was simply incredible. I mean, you had seen it. I think what we're looking at is is going back to that loss in Monaco uh, in early February where they were thoroughly outplayed. That was 
sort of the last we've seen of Malang Sar for to a large extent, uh, and that's what knocked them out of the top two. But whereas that could have been the start of a of a long and gradual slide, I think that that's given Nice even more fire and more resolve, and that's what's most impressive, and that's what makes me think that they can, can keep, they can keep this up that you know they take a punch and they they keep on ticking i mean it, you know losing to monaco is tough but then you've got then you've got saint etienne who you know it was saint etienne that's what i mean they the match after that on it was yeah. a midweek match against saint etienne every potential to be really tough to be a draw perhaps even a loss if saint etienne could nick something instead nice totally dominated that match and they've been rolling ever since. And that's really, that's to me, is what's most impressive. Yeah. The second half of the season, great they were in first. They played PSG toe to toe at the Parc des Princes. But I think for me, yeah, the second half of the season has been even more impressive given what they've had to overcome. Yeah. And an interesting game against Paris Saint Germain still to come as well, where they might still fight for second. But, Philip, I do want to talk very quickly about their possible Champions League chances next season it's going to be tough especially if they do lose a couple of these talented players they've got do you give them any mm. chance to maybe get to the group stages as a minimum or maybe even progress from there well this is like the most impossible question you've asked me <laughs> since since the start of the podcast and there's been a few uh, uh, there has been a couple of pundits who said that actually Cyprien being injured is good news because uh, he will only be back fit in September or something like that um don't i honestly don't uh, don't know i think it'll be it'll be very very tough with uh, the basically the pressure of playing every every uh, sorry twice a week and big games twice a week so i don't i see this as an experience for nice um and that don't necessarily mean they have to go very very far uh but you know if i was an experienced manager and um he could, uh, yeah, he could, he could be able to uh, to manage his players in um, in such terms, in, especially in terms of uh, of physicality and stamina. Very, very important to do that, um, so that they, yeah, they're performing. It's possible, but uh, I, I honestly, I, I don't, not getting my hopes up. I, ju I just wish Nice are in the group stage, and that would be already because Monaco and PSG are going to be there and are going to be performing. Performing, which is which is very good for French French football. So I, I just say, just do it and, and enjoy it. That's that's what I will send. That would be my message to them as well. I really hope they yeah. do make the group stages and have a right go of it. Is probably the best way to put it. And, and speaking mm -hmm. of Europe, we'll finish this week with a look ahead to the European fixtures this upcoming midweek and, and starting with Monaco, who hold that three-two lead heading into their second leg with Dortmund. Eric, are, are those three goals? enough to see them through with the obviously being away goals from Dortmund? Uh, uh, after that second half, I, I gotta say I'm not terribly optimistic. Uh, but given that, Dortmund do have to win by two goals. Uh, and I, I think that even with, with Fabinho absent and City Bay likely still absent, uh, that is a tough ask. I, I don't see I don't see Dortmund... I don't see Dortmund being such an off, pardon me, such an offensive juggernaut uh, as as they as they might have been, uh, bef you know, 
at the end of the second half. I think that, for one thing, having Mendy back at left back is, is going to make that, that whole left side of Dortmund's attack less less easy to go against. I think that Mendy is going to give, whether it's Pulisic or Dembele, whoever starts on that right-hand side, uh, quite a bit more to think about than than is Andre Raji in terms of their ability to get forward. And I think that that's necessarily going to pin Dortmund back a little bit. Uh, that said, I still I could still see this go, say, 2-0 to Dortmund, which would, would see them progress. Um, so I think it's really important for Monaco to score because uh, that will force Dortmund to score three, which makes, makes it a pretty difficult ask. Uh, so I think Monaco need to play from the off uh, and, and be really aggressive in the start and then maybe sit back a little bit, um, you know, bring, bring on some more defensive players, bring on likes of Anabil Derar in, in terms of not protecting a lead but absorbing uh, what is sure to be a high level of pressure from Dortmund. Yeah, and and Philip, this could probably will still be a tough one on Dortmund after the effects from last week. There was a great interview with Roman Berkey in, in, in German papers about him admitting he's still struggling to sleep and it's still affecting a lot of the players <coughs> excuse me on in the squad. Is that gonna still be a massive factor possibly in this game that I, I hate to say it in this way, but that Monaco could take advantage of? Um, I'm not sure I understood the question. No, that's okay. Um, in the sense, in the sense of, do you think the effects from last week will still be on on Dortmund minds and maybe might be an advantage to Monaco? It's it's a horrible thing to say, but it yeah. might still be an advantage. Yeah, that question is also extremely extremely difficult. <laughs> okay, um, good at this all of a sudden. It's, it's um. <laughs> uh, I can't possibly think so. I mean, I, I, st I still think that the Dortmund players don't don't even want to uh, to keep uh, to. I think they just want to the season to to end. They want the Champions League. Of course, they want to to win as many matches as possible. They're professionals, uh, but uh, it's still you know it's we just can't we can't can't really say uh, morally how how these guys uh, must have been when they kicked off um, a game with their with their mate in the hospital. And uh, with uh, actually life, life-threatening action uh, taken against against them, so it's just so you know, it's so so hard to so hard to um, to analyze, which is why I'm struggling so much. Um, there was a podcast being made about this um, this decision. Jurgen Klopp said, uh, "I'm sure the guys who took the decision uh, were not in uh, were not in the bus." Uh, at the time, uh, which is you know, which is probably true. I'm not quite sure who made the decision. It must have been some UEFA delegates, uh, delegate who, uh, well, yeah, he was obviously thinking about uh, you know the cash revenue and everything. Um, but uh, it does this this type of decision. I'm I'm not going to dwell too much on it because um, otherwise we'll be there until midnight. Uh, it does seem like those the players were not really given um, their own opinion to say, okay, shall we play on or shall we play or not? And yeah. It, I, I honestly believe it wouldn't have happened in any other sport, mm. and, and, yeah. and that's and that's unfortunate. And yeah, we we hope that they can really concentrate on the game. It's, it must be a really tough time for them at the moment. Mm. But we 
we hope they can try and put on another really entertaining game. But, but we'll, we'll move on to the the game in Europa League, Eric, and that's uh, Leon obviously taking on Besiktas. There's been no word of really what punishment the Turkish side may face after the crowd trouble in the previous game. But after the week Leon have had of, of this and, and the Bastia incident, does it make it even tougher going to Turkey now? Uh, oh, I mean, if it could, be, if that's possible, yes. I, I think that we'd seen a, a really difficult situation to overcome from Leon's perspective. Uh, even without the incidents in Bastion, I, I think that it'll, it'll be tough. That said, um, I do think that given that some of those players, some of Leon's key players didn't make the trip to Bastion, they should be perhaps a little bit more well rested and 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 ready ready to go at this Bastia team and with with us or this Besiktas team with a level of uh, drive and dynamism and and resolve that will get them the result they need. Um, I personally, I'd I'd look for a score draw with Leon to progress in terms of a prediction. Uh, that doesn't seem to be on the realm of possibility, uh, given that Besiktas are still. Uh, likely to miss key players like Koreshma and Abubakar. Uh, they also have their center back, uh, Marcelo, suspended for this match as well. And Marcelo actually, you know, was a huge set, a uh, huge threat from set pieces. I don't think it should be underestimated just how good Besiktas are uh, at set pieces. Very physical big side, isn't it? Carry on, Phil. I think we all will be up for it. I mean, e- even after the incidents of uh, of, uh, of Bastia and of the of the first leg, it, uh, I I honestly believe that uh, they they could have uh, th- this type of us against uh, the world mentality because uh, let's let's face it, Lyon had the problem on Thursday and had some problems on on Sunday. They were very unfortunate. I mean, it must have been a horrible horrible week for everyone involved at the club, and just. I don't know. I think they'll go into Turkey and say, "Okay, you know, you know what? We they, they tried to attack us twice. Well, not not really. You know, but you know what I mean. We had two two very uh, nasty experiences experience last week. Uh, we're going to we're going to Turkey with um, very little fans. Uh, probably going into uh, uh, one of these, you know, welcome to hell stadium, which is which it probably is, and uh, we're going to progress. And I think they'll be very very confident of doing that." First, because they 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 do they do have better uh, better football players, and that uh, you know that this type this type of uh, situation uh, uh, sometimes sometimes and depending on the on the personality and the way it's managed antagonizes uh, the, the club, and it could very 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 well fall into into Lyon's hands, and once again I'd be very disappointed if Lyon uh, were to be knocked out by Besiktas. Manchester United, I would I could live with that, but Besiktas, you know, it's just no. And just really to finish I'm off about this, the levels of club, you know, levels of playing field. Yeah, I know yeah, this with yeah. respect to Besiktas. That's absolutely, yeah, that's Four absolutely Manchester United. Yeah, yeah, it was disrespecting us at least anyway. <laughs> just to sort of finish this uh, European talk, Eric, possibly two French teams in two different European semi-finals. It's a big week yeah. for French football and, and the coefficient, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. I, I think... I, I think that this is, you know, what we need to we need to have seen from France after you know four or five years of slow slide down. That teams take this competition more serious, take these competitions more serious. I'm not saying the Champions League wasn't being ta- being taken seriously, but the misadventures, as it were, of PSG as the lone flag bearer in that competition were frustrating. And then 
the poor performances of well, likes of Monaco last year, Saint uh, Etienne, and and Lyon in previous years, previous years qualifying uh, rounds of the Europa League. Uh, now that we're seeing teams taken more seriously, I think that we're seeing France regain its rightful place as as the fifth best league in Europe. I think that you know Benfica, Porto, sorry, sorry Tiago, if you're listening, uh, and and Sporting Club de Portugal are, are all strong teams, but. I mean, there's no depth in that Portuguese league. We've seen Braga on a handful of occasions, but beyond that, there's not a, there's not consistently strong teams. There's not there's not players leaving those Portuguese clubs and going on to going on to be huge successes elsewhere. By and large, uh, especially in the recent past, I think that France, given the the cadre of young players it has, given given how exciting all these projects are, Marseille, Lille, Nice, Lyon all the recent investment in the league on the club needs to be and deserves to be considered not in that top four. Obviously I think, I don't think the tradition and money involved in those leagues uh, is quite where France is right now, but given what a resource that those young players are, I think that France really needs this and really needs to, to use this as a, as a motivation to kick on and, and put multiple teams in, in the knockout stages of these competitions with regularity, which is where I think really the league's level should be. Uh, given the resources that they have. Uh, apologies to Tiago on that one, but he might already be dressing up a table for you, Eric, to prove you wrong by his uh, expertise. But we'll we'll finish from there. That's all we have time for this week. My thanks to Eric and Philip. Uh, join us for the preview show, hosted by Eric on Thursday, and we will see you here at the same time, same place next week. Abianto and goodbye.